0: Hello again. Welcome to Tell Me. On today's episode of Tell Me, get ready, talking to my favorite person ever, Martha Stewart. I just love her. I mean, everybody who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with Martha. We had a really fun conversation today. People don't even realize, I mean, listen, she was crushing it in business before women were doing that. She actually was the first self-made female billionaire. Martha is just unapologetically herself who just does what she wants, when she wants, how she wants. She just continues to evolve and grow. She literally has four new businesses we talked about today. Her wine, her CBD topical line, opening a restaurant in Vegas. She really just is so inspiring on so many levels. And I was really grateful to have the opportunity to have a conversation with her today. And here's me and
1: Martha.
0: Hi, Martha. That's her. My assistant is going to send your assistant a video. I harvested turmeric. I grew <sighs> turmeric. It took a long time. And I was so iffy about when to pull it out. And I was really smart and pulled it out before the rain. And I got the most amazing, probably a 12-bit pound root of turmeric. And I made a video for you. Oh, good. So they're going to show that to you. Oh,
2: good. <laughs> right there in California, you did the turmeric?
0: Yes, I did.
2: Yeah. So now I'm going to one-up you. Of course, please. I just planted 6,000 saffron bulbs. Oh <gasps> No. I will be now harvesting my own saffron. I've already harvested about a half an ounce, but next year will be the big payoff. Won't it be great?
0: That will be fantastic. So that'll take how long? One year?
2: Yeah. And then they start to produce right away. and Then they'll go on for forever. They just keep multiplying. So it's fun. It's fun to do that, right?
0: It really is fun. I have a couple of different dishes that I love saffron in. Did you ever go to the South Street Seaport when they had a store Corsicomo?
2: I don't remember the store, but I've been there so many times. Before they did all the reconstruction?
0: It was after the reconstruction and it wasn't long lived. The restaurant was there for a really brief time, but they had a risotto milanese with saffron that was unbelievable. And then I went back there and they took it off the menu. And I thought, why why would you take the most simple, classic thing off the menu? But I love saffron.
2: Me too. Well, I get some, I'll send you some.
0: Amazing. How is it?
2: It's very fragrant and beautiful.
0: Do they grow that typically in warm climate? Saffron comes from,
2: Saffron comes from the Middle East and northern India, temperate climates, but snow is good for the corms to multiply and it's mountainous. It can grow in many different places, not too hot can't be too hot. It needs a change of season.
0: I see. Okay. You obviously have a greenhouse and do you start things in the greenhouse or?
2: Well, you don't have to start saffron in the greenhouse. It just starts in the ground. But I have five greenhouses and they are full. I don't buy lemons anymore or limes. I grow my own in New York. And it's so fun. You know, I'm sort of testing the climate change in terms of what I can grow here. I even have almond trees. We had a huge crop of almonds last year. Really? And that is unheard of to have almonds in New York State. It was a mistake. I thought I had bought nectarine trees and they were mismarked and they were almond trees. And the almonds tasted like marzipan. They were so sweet, you know, with no sugar. They were delicious. So we're doing a lot of testing, testing the climate change.
0: Right. I think it's incredible. I mean, one of the things for people listening, one of the things that I love about Martha, there's many things, but one of the things I love is that she literally knows how to do if she doesn't know how to do, she'll learn how to do everything. So now if you're launching the wine, you're launching Martha Shard. But you also have the CBD. I love the CBD gumdrops. And I just noticed that you're starting a topical line. I'm a big user of the CBD topical. Oh. Are you interested in how they grow that? Do you go up and watch how they grow the cannabis and all that? Oh, yes. Well, there, in Hudson
2: Valley, there is a very large cannabis grower And I have gone to their fields. It grows very well right near the Hudson River, near Hudson, New York. And I, of course, been to Canada to the canopy greenhouses where everything is very, very climate controlled indoors. The cultivation of the finest cannabis anywhere is done primarily in greenhouses and they know exactly what type of cannabis they're growing. It's all hybridized and very, very special. I've tried growing cannabis outdoors, and I think it grows better outdoors than indoors in my area. But in controlled situations, I think that's where they grow the finest cannabis, finest hemp. Although I've been to some very large growers out in Arizona where they're irrigating and growing very, very fine hemp, also for CBD particularly. But yes, I have a new line of topicals. One is for stress, one is for muscle relaxation, and one is for sleep. These are creams that are easily applied and well absorbed into your skin. And they seem to be extremely efficacious. People are really enjoying them. So I'm very pleased with that launch. They'll be in all stores handling topicals. The edibles are also very delicious. As you mentioned, you like the gummies. The gummies are based really on my garden. We have unusual flavors, very similar to what French chefs try to make when they're making something called pâte de fouille, which is a nice after-dinner jelly made out of fresh fruit juices and gelatin. And these are so good. I mean, we have everything from calamondin to Meyer lemon to pomegranate, black raspberry. Those are the kinds of flavors that we work with. And they are, too, very tasty and very useful for relaxation and for sleep. People who have a hard time falling asleep, I suggest two or three gummies. And it's really nice. And I really have been doing a lot of research with several dermatologists and doctors and biochemists on the great qualities of CBD, the autoimmune qualities, the great anti-inflammatory properties. It's are really, I think, very, very good and underused up till now in the United States and elsewhere. Japan has just accepted the efficacy of CBD. And so they're going to start incorporating it into some of their makeups and skincare lines. It'll take a while, but it is certainly the right way to go you know, new compounds are always being found. Uh, Saffron is a very useful compound in skincare. Also, it's supposed to be very good for you in terms of autoimmune. Really? Yeah, healing and the autoimmune. I'm very interested in autoimmune because of Lyme disease that's so prevalent around us here in the Northeast. Do you have Lyme disease out there?
0: You know, I have heard of a couple of cases of it. It's nothing like on the East Coast. Yeah. But I definitely have heard of a couple of cases in Northern California. A couple of friends of mine said I didn't go to the East Coast and I I got Lyme disease. Hmm. Have they been able to eradicate Lyme disease on Shelter Island? Did I hear that a couple of summers ago? No, they haven't. Not yet. I mean, you have to kill all the
2: deer. You have to then kill the rodents that carry the ticks from the deer to the grass. Then the ticks get on you and bite you and then that's it. You get Lyme. No, I don't know specifically what's happened with Shelter Island, but I contracted Lyme disease many, many years ago. And luckily, I had a doctor who recognized the problem. And my nephew was also diagnosed with Lyme 20, 30 years ago. And again, recognized early enough and treated with antibiotics. But a lot of people are having long, life long term problems
0: with it. So we have to watch out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just another problem that we have to watch out for.
0: <laughs> of course. And Lyme disease presents with, you know, such neurological symptoms sometimes that I think doctors really overlook it. A friend of mine's friend was sick and he was convinced that he had MS. Oh dear. And I said, I really think he has Lyme's disease. And they said, no, he's been tested, he's been tested. And then it turned out like three years later that he did have Lyme's disease. It's tricky sometimes when things don't present as what they are. I had a gardener in my house out east in Sag Harbor who thought that he was just completely immune because he had been working. You know, I said, are you afraid of getting Lyme's?" And he was just like, Ellen, I've been a gardener out east for 40 years. I think I've been bit by so many ticks that I'm just immune to it and I'm not worried about it. He said, I've built up an immunity. I don't know. It's one of the mysteries that I wish they could come up with a vaccine.
2: I think they're working really hard on getting this under control and then all the other things that they need to work on. It's a fascinating time in medicine and biochemistry right now. Definitely. Do you consider yourself a medical expert, having been on the program for so long?
0: No, I mean I'm 52, so I kind of think I'm slightly an expert at everything. <laughs> like when it, all my friends turn 50, I say, "Welcome to the fifth floor." You definitely think you know more than other people yeah. at this stage, but no, definitely not. But I have to say, like we work with a lot of doctors and nurses, and I am pretty invested in you know the healthcare space. I love talking to doctors and nurses. I love hearing their experiences. We filmed a scene, this past couple of days, they're doing a lot of really interesting research with respect to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and brain diseases and cell therapy and stem cells and all this kind of stuff. And we had a real retired neurosurgeon play the anesthesiologist in a scene. And so of course, when we're rehearsing the scene and figuring out how we're going to do it and what we're going to do, I love just asking the real doctors to chime in and ask what they would do and their characters, doctors. It's fun. I like it. What I meant to tell you is, you know what I love CBD for? The CBD cream. I have this new trick. And of course, I'm not really wearing high heels much since COVID not going out a lot. But... I put CBD cream on my feet before I have to put a shoe on, like a high heel or something, and the high heels don't bother you. It's
2: true, and when you see the pictures of the girls and their very, very high heels, I have plenty of those shoes, by the way, sitting in my closet, which I have not worn for two years. I can't even believe that I could put my foot in them (laughs) and walk nicely in them, but I hope that day will come again. It's incredible, and I think the CBD does help tremendously. And if that doesn't help, the THC ointments that you can get in places like Aspen or uh, MedMen has it. That also helps a lot with the pain.
0: For sure. So now wait, you might have to put on high heels to go to Vegas for the opening of the Bedford. Oh, yes. You're opening a restaurant in Las Vegas, called the Bedford, based on your farm in Bedford.
2: Yes. Well, it's going to be a 196-seat restaurant in the Paris Hotel, which is owned by Caesars. It's an exciting project because it's my first restaurant. And I've always wanted to do a restaurant, but I'm not a really good nighttime person. So, you know, by about 9, 30, 10, I want to go home. And restaurants do keep you out a little later than that if you're serving dinners. I do really well with a breakfast restaurant, but this is going to be a lunch and dinner restaurant. The recipes are all based on my favorite foods, seasonally grown, very beautifully prepared. They're my favorite recipes. So we're going to have quite a varied menu, but it will change with the seasons. And the whole restaurant looks like the interior of my winter house, which is the farmhouse that I live in right here in Bedford. So it's very exciting. They've done a phenomenal job replicating my home. Down to the figural marble that they're using in the kitchen, to the upholstery, to the faux bois stenciled walls, to the muntins on the windows. Everything is so authentic. You know, they'll let me choose all the wines, of course, and everything. And we're going to be serving our Martha's Chard, which is our new Chardonnay from Treasury Wines, which is also 19 19- Wines. And it's delicious, by the way. Do you drink wine? I do. I do drink wine. Okay, well, I'm going to send you a couple of bottles because I really want your opinion. It's a light, burgundy, aligoté-type Chardonnay. So it's not that oaky, heavy, buttery wine that we're used to calling Chardonnay. It's a very nice recipe and I worked on it really hard with the wine company and I think it's a very good wine. So we'll see. It goes on sale very shortly. Repairing it up with Snoop Dogg's Cali Red. He has a Cali Red wine, which broke all records last year for a wine launch. Now, remember, this is inexpensive, accessible, but well-made wine. So it's going to retail for about $14 a bottle, which is extremely inexpensive for a nice bottle of wine. And hopefully our red and our white will go very nicely together in a two-pack. So do you get the joke? Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: <And>
2: so
0: <laughs> but on um, both, yes, so. that was a good one. She tells <laughs> jokes too.
2: I do, I do. Snoop said, that's dope, Martha. That's dope. <laughs> so I knew I made it as a comedian when I made that joke.
0: Nice. The pairing of you together is just genius. You guys are just genius together. The big lighter, uh-huh. everything you do. You were just here in L.A. We were doing Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl. Puppy
2: Bowl for Animal Planet and Discovery Plus, which will be on the same day as the Super Bowl. It's in the afternoon for you to get ready while you're making all your various hors d'oeuvres and snack foods for the Super Bowl. You will have to watch the Puppy Bowl because it's charming. And it's, uh, it's basically a way to get people to adopt all the hundreds of thousands of needy dogs that are available right now in shelters. But it's also a place to show the amazing acrobatics that dogs can be trained to do these dogs are really special dogs. So it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I love watching it with the kids. My kids love to watch Westminster and all the dog shows. I have five dogs, all adopted. What kind of dogs do you have? They're all kind of some version of a poodle mix because I have asthma. So I like a poodle mix because I don't suffer so much. I don't need my inhaler to be around them. I like poodles. They're really charming and super smart. I have never really been attracted to poodles. I like the large poodles, the standards. Yeah.
2: And then I met some large poodles at Stephen Gambrell's house. Candace Bushnell has two of the most fabulous poodle dogs you've ever seen. But those dogs are so beautiful and so obedient. And they're, they're very human-like. I get a little nervous having dogs that are too human-like around me. I really like dogs to be dogs. And I also don't like dogs to be obsequious. So that's why I have French Bulldogs and I have Chow Chows. Chow Chows are aloof and fabulous. And mine are very friendly, but they are still aloof. And I like that. And they're generally not beggar dogs, although I've done a pretty bad job of training my emperor Han to ask for snacks every now and then. Now he puts his paw on my knee to ask for a snack, <laughs> which is so unchow-like. I mean, it really is beneath him. And then I have Frenchies who are so needy and wanting, but also fun. So very different from poodles. Very.
0: Yeah. I used to love Italian greyhounds. I had Italian greyhounds. Oh, How I got into poodles My husband's mother had passed away, and when I was cleaning up her things, I found a picture of my husband as a boy with this little toy poodle. And he was just so sad, so I wanted to make him happy, so I bought him the same kind of toy poodle that he had in this picture because he looked so happy as a little boy holding this little toy poodle. So I said, well, I've got to go get him toy poodles, but yep,
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
2: Well, I'm going to come out to the Super Bowl. (gasps) And hopefully my dream is to meet Eminem. Can you imagine? I've been trying to meet Eminem for so many years. We asked him to come on our show and he refused and I had Snoop instead and I had other rappers come visit and Eminem just he was my favorite and he refused to come. So now I get to meet him because he's doing halftime with Snoop and Dr. Dre and a few other people. And uh, are you going? Do you go to Super Bowl?
0: I usually do. My husband's a big sports fan, so I'm sure he'll drag me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Although
0: if you're going to be there this year, it won't be much of a drag. I'll be ready and okay. waiting by the door. Okay.
2: Well, we should meet in L.A. and have a conversation. And we have a mutual friend, Douglas Friedman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who is so much fun. We're going to Marfa, Texas in April or March, and we're going to Mexico for President's Day weekend. So that should be interesting.
0: So I'm really impressed when people can like plan trips. I'm right now trying to plan my spring break with my kids. I don't know what it is about me that I just I have such a hard time planning. I think it's commitment phobia. Oh, do you ask them where they want to go? Yes. And they always want to go to the snow. And I don't want to go to the snow. I don't really like the cold. Well, you can
2: take them to Antarctica. My grandkids, I just sent them to Antarctica for Christmas. Oh, did they love it? Oh, yeah. They saw so much wildlife. I think your kids would enjoy that. Well, there's also up north of Vancouver, another place to go see the Northern Lights and polar bears
0: up there. Really? Way north. Yeah. You should look it up. Yeah, I should. Maybe next Christmas. Definitely. How are the new horses? You just got new horses. I just got two
2: gorgeous, well-trained, well-behaved, it seems so far, Frisian horses, geldings. They're 11 years old. They were owned by a man in Holland where they were raised. Most of the purebreds are raised in Holland. And they're gorgeous. And they weathered this long trip from Holland to JFK. They came on Friday, stayed overnight in uh, JFK at someplace called the Ark, which is the quarantine center at Kennedy. Uh, they flew over in a transport airplane with 17 horses and then they came to my house on Sunday night and they are fantastic. They have really acclimated. They have not yet been in the pastures because they don't have winter shoes on. And they're very large horses and they must have the special snowshoes on before they can go outside. So tomorrow they get shod with new special titanium hoof covers and they are gonna be able to go outside with the other three horses that I have. And I'm very excited. I'm going to start retraining myself in carriage driving because I have some carriage roads on my property here And I'm going to be driving and also riding these gorgeous, gorgeous boys.
0: Nice. They acclimated well. That's a long trip, 11 hours. I saw that on Instagram and I was like, wow. And they adjusted well. I'm glad. Yeah, they don't seem lonely.
2: One looks like he lost a little bit of weight on the trip, but he's eating very well. And I think they're going to be fine. I think so. Can you mix them with the other horses right away? We're going to put them all out in the same paddock. We'll try, you know, we'll watch very carefully because they could get hurt. But the horses I have are very friendly. I have Bond and Rins and Banchunch, and they're going to be nice hosts to the new boys.
0: Nice. We hope, we hope. What astrological sign are you? I am a Leo. Oh, of course. Yep, August. August Leo. August, how did you celebrate your birthday this
2: year? Oh, I didn't because of COVID. I was going to have a party and then I decided I just can't. Right. Did you go to Maine? I was in Maine for my birthday with my family and we did have some house guests. And so we had a big backyard, sort of lobster roast. It was nice, but very small compared to what it should have been. (laughs) That can come. For sure. For sure. Hopefully we'll be through this soon. I was going to have a planting party in the fall and that also got sort of Next, because of the pandemic, I wanted to order eighty thousand bulbs of snowdrops, and you have to order them in May. And I procrastinated, and I missed the time frame. And then invite my favorite eighty people to each plant a thousand of these bulbs during the day and then have a real nice celebratory dinner at night. But I will do that. I can get 801,000 bulbs next year. I read that some English lady had done a party like that or was honored for her birthday with 80,000 of them. So I thought, hmm, I could do that. Mm-hmm. But next year.
0: I love that story because she inspired you to do that. And I think... You look to people who inspire you to be able to you know, give you a reason to do something else or have a better attitude about what you have to do that day, which is why I think you're such an important cultural icon is because not only the strides that you've made for women in business and all of those things, but the aspect of being a perpetual student and still Having accomplished so much and be a student and continue to learn and find the time to do all these things to continue to grow is really important. And I worry about my kids. You know, my children are very young. But I just want to make sure, you know, sometimes when I try to get them to come out in the garden with me or take walks, they just want to be on the devices. Mm. And I'm always trying to get them outside to appreciate a love of learning about things, learning about everything.
2: Yeah, no, it's very, very important. Jude, who's going on 11, I gave her a big job. I have taught her a lot about the garden and the farm and in Maine. We have a beautiful property in Maine. And I give her the job of being the tour guide. So when a new person comes to the property, I say, oh, Jude will take you around. And I get letters from my friends saying, I just had the best time of my life. Jude took us around. She knows everything. And I don't know that she knows everything, but she's a sponge. And if you can teach your kids to become sponge-like and curious, I think that that is the most important character building exercise, because it is so nice to hear that she really has absorbed everything. And, you know, she knows what kind of tree that is and she knows what kind of plant that is and forcing the people to eat the little cherry tomatoes and the baby cucumbers. You know, it's great and they love it. So the more you can do that with your kids, give them an opportunity to kind of show off their knowledge. I think that that's important.
0: Yeah, you have a daughter, right? Your daughter has how many children? Just
2: two, Jude and Truman. Yeah, I've only one daughter and two grandchildren. So we have a pretty small family compared to you know, you're on your way to having a lot more you with know, three. So you'll have a lot of grandchildren, <laughs> you know, you have a lot to look forward to. Do you travel a lot with them?
0: We used to, you know, obviously COVID has really put a damper on it. And I did have a house out east. In Sag Harbor that I sold. Where was it? I love Sag Harbor. It was on Millstone Road. Uh-huh. I absolutely loved it. It wasn't in the village because I wanted sort of more privacy. Yeah. And I actually sold it to a doctor, funny enough. And I really, really loved it. I loved the drive into town. Where are you? you it looks pretty where you are. I'm in my guest house, which is also my office. It's a nice little space for me to get away and that way I can be home and I don't have to go somewhere else. And I shoot the show really close to my house also. How many shows do you do a year? Well, obviously, COVID has interfered in the number. Typically, the network loves to do 24 shows a year. Mm. This year, we're doing 20. I think last year, we did only 17. But that's an extraordinary feat that you've accomplished. How many years have you been doing it? I have been doing it. This is my 18th season. 18. Wow. And it's 390 Two episodes. Wow. That's a lot. It is. Do you remember every one? No, not even close. And I haven't really seen most of them. I've watched only a handful. With a few times that I directed, I went back and watched some old episodes. My intention is always to try to keep the spirit of the early days. That's really the hard work is to try to keep that sort of DNA, Mm -hmm. which is hard, but gives us a goal at least to strive for. It's like making a magazine. Our magazine just
2: celebrated its
0: 30th birthday.
2: And that is a lot of issues of a magazine, basically 12 times a year for 30 years. And I like to think that I know every single story in the magazine. I try to remember them but it's hard, it's hard to remember if we did that or didn't do that. I was just reviewing the next issue, the March issue of our magazine for this year, and somebody had recycled an old two-drawer chest into a beautiful decoupaged piece of furniture, and they had used plates of flowers from the Wildflowers of New York State. It's a book that I own, and they cut the book up to use these beautiful images. And I remember I said, we did a story very similar to that Well, you know, maybe in 2005 or something. And indeed, we had. And it was fun to remember that we had done something similar. It tests your memory to review.
0: It is. It's amazing that you remember that. I'm not that good. We have one of our writers on our show, has a real photographic memory, and she remembers everything. Keep that person. That person's
2: a valuable
0: person. She is. Her name is Meg Marinus. Don't let her go anywhere. No, she is very, very valuable, and I tell her all the time. Well, have a lovely springtime, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Martha. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye.